We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. J.K. Dobbins was officially activated off the physically unable to perform list, ending his hold-in and returning to the football field with the rest of his teammates where he was greeted Bobby with hugs and high fives. Yes, Aaron, we're going to dissect how well Dobbins looked in his first practice back and why some national media feel like the Ravens offense has officially reached scary hours. I'm Sarah Ellison alongside Bobby Trossett. It is Tuesday, August 15th, and this is your morning Ravens update from inside the vault. Okay, so Sarah, the Ravens added two more defensive backs to the roster where they badly needed depth as we've covered in recent weeks. And John Harbaugh provided some both good news and bad news injury-wise at that position. Plus, we've got an update on free agent outside linebacker Jadavian Clowney. Former Ravens offensive tackle Michael Orr, he filed a lawsuit, which we'll get into. And then, Bobby, some tragic news on former Ravens running back Alex Collins. Yeah, we have all that more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions, of course, in about 30 minutes. So you know where where we're beginning this episode, Sarah, and I think the majority of the fan base was very pleased to welcome back J.K. Dobbins to practice, as you saw initially reported by ESPN's Adam Schefter. He has been activated off of the PUP list. He was eligible to practice on Monday. He did practice. We'll have some drills and footage coming up in just a short while here. Uh, But again, you know, maybe even just as big of news is that they have no other player on the pup list. And certainly when you look back last year, they could not say, you can't say the same. It's really night and day. Tyus Bowser remains on the NFI, but right now, you know, looking, comparing back to last year, it's refreshing to say the very least for where they are 365 days later. And of course he did miss the first 14 practices of training camp, but now with what three, four weeks of ramp up before September 10th, he's back. I know you're pleased. I think your theory may very well have come true uh, for what you've believed in terms of the protection aspect of maybe some strategy that went into play here. But number 27 is back and the, and the Ravens are going to be better for it. Yeah, so my reaction kind of comes in in twofold with this. There's the business, JK, that I have a reaction for. And then there's the 
on field the JK that I have a reaction for. On the business side, this played out almost exactly as we had discussed for weeks now uh, that, you know, all the retweets and the Zoom calls that he was going to have with running backs across the league, those are things that I would certainly do. You try to squeeze as many places where you can to try to get the money that you're seeking. But at the end of the day, he only had two options. One option was to hold, continue to hold in, remain on PUP, which would mean his contract wouldn't toll, and then he'd still be a fourth-year person contract-wise with the Ravens next year, and he would just lose out on making money. Or he was going to come back, give his all, be back by week one. Now, the only question that I had is exactly when was he going to start jumping in with the offense so he could learn it so that he could be ready for week one. But we always believed he was going to be back by week one. That is what's happening. Now, the football side, J.K. Dobbins, okay, I'm glad to have him back. I'm very happy to have him back. This is a guy that was never quite healthy last year, missed half the games, and yet led the team, I believe, in in rushing yards from from that running back position. Um, We talk about how Keaton Mitchell, you know, guys like him make it hard for guys like like J.K. to make money. That's true, yet you want J.K. out on the field. And so – uh, he looked good. We've we've got video there. He looked good. John Harbaugh declared him 100% healthy. We got video here of him doing some uh, some drills with the cones. Uh, I mean, I mean, there's just it just there's the running back drills. That's not just J.K. But yeah, he looks he looks smooth. He they really had more of like a glorified practice. He's hopping around there. Nothing really going wrong with with his knee. Is, which is exactly what you would expect based off of what we saw at the end of last season, him doing some blocking drills with a coach there. <laughs> coach getting pushed back a little bit. And then him just running through those garbage pails. And this is my favorite. Little one-handed snap this, uh, snag there. So JK's always been good at, you know, good with his hands. He'll he'll be looking good in... in uh, Todd Munkin's office catching a lot of balls. He's looking spry. He's looking healthy, right? Like, it's funny. For whatever reason, there's this one clip of JK that that tends to circulate and recirculate the internet. And it was from a couple off seasons ago where he just lights up one of the trainers that he's working with. And for whatever reason, it's recycled as if it's new just by like garbage accounts or just confused accounts. And so you, you just saw it there for our folks that are you know, tuning in through YouTube, you saw him kind of do a similar move to one of the guys that was, you know, holding the pads and to see him back, you know, that competitive fire. And I think just overall, you know, you you saw his teammates coming up. Lamar came up to give him love. He got a big hearty hug from John Harbaugh, as you see here on the screen. So, you know, if nothing else, obviously he's going to be a major contributing factor and boost this offense as they get ready for joint practices later today against the Commanders and then two more preseason games, which we aren't expected to see him participate in. But just boosting the environment, boosting the morale around this team where there were some question marks in terms of what his future was. But you've said it from the jump. Uh, I've agreed. He and PQ, right, are in the same boat. They're playing for a lot this year, entering the final years of their respective rookie contracts. And now both are, are ready to rip it. And this team feels whole. We'll have an update on Tyus Bowser in just a bit. But 
think you saw a lot of a lot of tweets that kind of echoed those sentiments, right? They it feels whole, and now they have about four weeks to ramp things up before it really uh, can be whole, and it matters. Certainly feels whole on the offensive side. I feel like the only place there's a question is who's going to get that left guard uh, starting position, but. Uh, but but yeah, weapons wise. And so today when I was thinking about this and, you know, the Ravens Twitter accounts putting out uh, videos and they show Lamar and him hugging and all that kind of stuff. And I just thought I'm just like Rashad Bateman's back. We saw how good Zay looked. The, the, the Eagles defenders had to hold them. He's going to be a problem. We OBJ's healthy, all this kind of stuff. And I just have never seen these types of weapons surrounding Lamar Jackson. And so I was thinking that today, and then I watched a clip from uh, Get Up with ESPN, and the guys there were talking about this offense, and I want to play that and get some reaction on the other end. It's going to be a spread you out to exploit all this space. It'll be unlike anything we've seen with Lamar. I do believe Lamar has the best season he's had as a pro in totality. This is an offense that if they stay healthy, is as scary as anybody in the league. Yeah, maybe a slow start because they're learning a new offense. But to Dan's point, what they were doing before is saying, we know what we do, you know what we do, but can you stop it? And now they've yeah. moved on to, a, I think, a more developed offense where it's like, all right, we have Zay Flowers over here. We have OBJ over there. Maybe we'll have Bateman when he's healthy right there. We got Andrews right here. We got Lamar and Dobbins in the backfield. You pick your poison, and we're going to let Lamar sit back there and decide where to attack you. And to Dan's point, that's a lot scarier to me because in the old offense, they'd have three tight ends out there and two fullbacks. So it's like, all right, worst case scenario in the passing game is 15 yards to Mark Andrews. I, I think it all sounds fantastic. I, I do think there's a lot more question marks than people are giving it credit for, right? I mean, Odell Beckham did not play last year. Zay Flowers is a rookie. Rashad Bateman has not been able to stay healthy. J.K. Dobbins is somehow upset about his contract, even though he's done absolutely nothing in the league. Like, I, I, that one, like there's a lot of weird issues going on. Plus, the quarterback has been injured the last couple of years to end the season. So, look, I'm as big a Lamar fan as there is. I hope it works. But I need to see it. And, and, and I, I, the idea that they'll spread everybody out and they'll operate in space all sounds really good. He seems happy. Maybe they'll hit the ground running and it'll be perfect. But I, am, I, am I the only one that thinks there's probably going to be growing pains? Like, no. is that not a reasonable expectation? Go ahead, I don't Danny. need to see it. It'll work. I, I don't need to see it. Now, to your point, Graz, health. That, that's fair. We could say that about a lot of teams. But I don't need to see it to, to know it'll work. I, I've, I watched the guy play in this offense at Louisville. I've seen Odell when Odell's been 80%. I, I watched Zay Flower. I just think it's a very talented offense. So that was clearly taped before J.K. showed up, well, right? Well, it was it – was, it was, we're, we're recording this on Monday night. It was recorded Monday morning. Um, but, but when Dan was talking about it, Dan Orlovsky, who's the one who's saying the offense is going to be scary in his calculus, it was already JK Dobbins is a part of it. I didn't put in the full clip, but he was, he named JK Dobbins as part of the weaponry that he says, this is going to be a scary offense. And so I love Dominique Foxworth's point, another former Raven where he's like, yeah, this is going to be great. We're going from an offense where it's like. You know what we're going to do, but we dare you to stop you. Or but we dare you to stop us. And and that's what that's what they did under Greg Roman. And now it's going to have a little bit more mystery. 
and it is going to be a new new offense and I, I will say there probably will be some growing pains but I'm with Orlovsky like he had me crap and cracking up he was like no I don't need to see it I don't need I don't need the proof I totally agree injuries are injuries like there are injury questions. You don't know if Lamar is going to stay healthy. You don't know if OBJ is. You don't. I mean, this has been such an injured team. But again, you say that about every team. So, barring injuries, I'm with I'm with Orlovsky. There's so many weapons surrounding a quarterback that is the ultimate weapon at the quarterback position, maybe ever. And when you have him there, the Ravens win. They win so often. And all he needed was some pieces to get him over the hump in the in the playoffs. So again, yeah, health is always a question. But with the weapons surrounding the ultimate weapon, it's hard not to be like, "There's no way Todd Munkin can screw this up." I, I, it's 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 gonna be a productive offense. I'm not gonna argue against that. How can you <laughs> when, when you when you look at Lamar's resume? All he's done is one besides in January, and so. And they've won convinced, convincingly in most cases. Okay, not all the time, but 2019 may have been an outlier in the sense that they just plummeted. You know, they just demolished every team they came into, you know, competition with. But I don't mind the hesitant, you know, some some folks that are pumping the brakes or sure. having reservations. I do think Graz misspoke there a little bit in the sense that J.K. hasn't done anything. He hasn't done yeah. anything in the last couple of years. He led all rookies in yards per carry. His his first year. Oh, actually, matter of fact, I think it was all running backs, not just rookies in yards per carry his rookie yep. season, which was only what just a few years ago in 2020. So yeah, I'm, glad I'm you fine with that. some of the reservation. Yeah. Like yeah. that needs to be said. He, he was kind of like, and I don't think he's, he's just sort of an intense dry guy. I don't think, I don't think he was like demeaning the Ravens by any stretch, but he was just trying to, you know, convey his opinion. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not going to argue against that whatsoever. One note, John Harbaugh did mention that JK is 100 on the health side of things. JK is a hundred percent healthy. So you'll hear it from some national media. Like you heard it there from Dan, Dan Graziano, right? They're, they're going to question the health. They're going to question the, you know, the, the longevity of this team, the durability of this team, which is all fair, right? That's bottom line is it's fair because the last couple of years, it has not been in their favor whatsoever, but JK is healthy. And let's talk about a couple of the running backs outside of the Baltimore market before we shift gears here, because it was a busy, busy Monday. As you see here up on the screen, uh, the Patriots are expected to sign former Cowboys star running back Ezekiel Elliott to a one-year deal. It's going to be worth up to $6 million after a successful free agent visit earlier throughout training camp. And again, that's that's a big deal. I mean, he's been out there waiting for a long time. He's no longer a Dallas Cowboy, and it looks like he's going to New England. Imagine Zeke playing for Bill Belichick. That's nothing. That's something I ever really envisioned, but that looks to be happening. Then on the ESPN side of things, Adam Schefter reported that Dalvin Cook, and this isn't a surprise. We knew it was going to happen eventually. This has been brewing for weeks. Dalvin is headed to New York, a one-year deal worth up to $8.6 million with the Jets. So Aaron Rodgers gets another weapon. The Jets get another offensive weapon. They're going to be a problem. They're the main talk of the town right now because they're on hard knocks which has been phenomenal if you haven't watched that yet do so and then check out the Manziel documentary I was busy over the weekend Sarah before I hit the road I watched the the Manziel doc the first episode of hard knocks I was busy kind of getting into the series stuff which I don't often do um but point being and Jonathan Taylor actually reported to 
to, to Colts camp. So lots of, lots of activity going around. JK wasn't the only one on Monday. Nope, not at all. And so, but, but that's, it, it's no coincidence that all of them start happening at the same time. <clears throat> These guys have all been in contact, heard about the zoom call. Yeah. Two of them, two of them sign JK comes back. Uh, I, I expect the, the outside linebackers to, to start doing that this week too. Uh, after that first preseason game, we got about a you got about a month, and everybody's got to start getting in and figuring out their offenses and their their new team uh, their new teammates and and all of that. So shifting gears, while things on the Ravens' offensive side feels complete, as you mentioned, um, for me it doesn't feel so complete on the defensive side, um, especially at, at, within the defensive backs. So the Ravens have made some moves. Uh, really just basically Monday, I believe, made him kind of official on Monday. Uh, they they signed a new safety first off um, in DeAndre Houston Carson. So am I the only one when it popped up at a notifications, you see the Ravens signed DeAndre? It's like, wait a minute, hasn't that ship already sailed? And then you look it at me, you're like, that ship already sailed too. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, no. So this this uh so this signing DeAndre Houston Carson. So this guy just recently uh was let go by the Chicago Bears. Uh he worked out with two other guys I believe on Monday. Um and the Ravens signed him. He started 6 games for the Bears last year, played in every game. He turned 30 in April. Um the Ravens definitely needed depth at safety obviously they've got their their starters might be the best safety duo there is but let's not forget that Worley had to basically play the entire game all the defensive snaps for the Ravens in their first preseason game against the Eagles um Geno Stone he was injured he just he just came back on on Monday to practice so that's good news um others have been dealing with with injuries so the Ravens needed depth there um from what I listen, I'm telling you, this is a tried and true. You got to go look at the comments from fans of the team that the player's coming from. Bears fans are actually upset that they let go DeAndre Houston Carson. And it sounds like to me, he seems like um, kind of an Anthony Levine kind of guy where he's a legit special teams ace, um, but also can is is pretty solid as a backup. So I, I just when when other teams fans are upset that they lost a guy, that's usually a good sign. Other times they'll be like laughing in your face, being like, "Haha, yes, please use, please use him." So, uh, so that's what they got on the safety side. You mentioned Daryl Worley. It got me thinking about something that the Ravens productions crew released on Monday, and we heard about this in the post game press conference on Saturday night after the. The Eagles preseason win for the Ravens, but Daryl Worley apparently called game. Watch this. I'll finish this, Coach. I'll finish it. I would greatly appreciate that. It's not a problem. Back to the ground. Catherine Brooks loses the ball, and the Ravens say they recovered and they have. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Make a play. We out there. Let's make a play. I got another one in me. I got another play. I got another play. Ian Book on a third down. Blitz pressure coming. Book sidesteps two sacks attempt. Still being tracked and finally dropped all the way back at the 28-yard line. Ah! 
Let's go! As Darryl Worley just would not give up. I should have got in the first time I dipped to her. Told you I had you. I told you I ended for you. Told you I ended for you. Okay, so a forced fumble, a sack, and he called game. Heck yeah, he did. You heard him there in the beginning telling John Harbaugh he would do it. And then he, he was a true to his word. So that's, I tell you what, watching Daryl just run around the field, kind of like crazy body, right? Crazy legs. That's a guy who's fighting for his his roster spot, who's fighting for his livelihood. It was a lot of fun to watch him on Saturday night. And, you know, I know sometimes you can get caught in the the narrative or, or even just like this, the, the sentiment that ah, preseason doesn't matter, right? We say it every single year. You, you see it all over online, da-da-da-da-da. But man, it matters to these guys that are at, you know fighting for that 51st, 52nd, 53rd spots on a roster, and and Daryl sure put a a nice little touch onto his beginning of you know competing for you know a spot on the 53 in 2023. I love it. I love it. I love it when somebody's like, "I got this. I get got this," and then delivers. If you're to talk, you got to deliver. What a great moment for him. Let's continue with some of these these depth signings, right? Because the Ravens are, when I mentioned it earlier on, I probably should have said whole offensively, right? They feel whole offensively. And then you kind of <laughs> backtracked a little bit, which is good. You backtracked for me saying defensively, yeah, there are some holes that they need to figure out right now. And so uh, on top of the Houston Carson signing, they went ahead and claimed former Lions cornerback Tay Hayes uh, off of waivers. He was waived by the Lions last week on Friday. He played for both Carolina and New England during the 2022 season. Just 25 years old. He's got 16 career tackles playing cornerback and special teams. So just kind of, you know, not not a not a I wouldn't call him a vet in terms of experience, service time, things of that nature. Uh, he went undrafted in 2019 out of Appalachian State. He was signed by the Dolphins as a rookie, played in four games for them over two seasons. And he also appeared in one game with the Vikings back in 2020. So again, you know, right now they need bodies more so than, than anything else to try and get them to week one. So that a lot of these guys, the Jalen armor Davises, the Rocky scenes, right. The guys who are nursing some, some injuries right now, they can have a chance to be ready to go come September. Yeah, that's exactly what I think this Hayes signing is. He seems like a camp buddy to me, whereas Houston Carson may have a chance, you know, to stick. Uh, no guarantee at all, but might have a chance, whereas Hayes definitely feels more like a camp body unless, you know, some some unforeseen uh, event happens. So so the, the Ravens have a problem there, not only with depth, which they're resolving, um, but it feels like there's a problem within the, the starting lineup at CB2 and 3, I think one of the reasons why they're not making any signings there is because based off of the injury report that John Harbaugh gave today, there is some good news. Uh, he said Jalen Armour Davis is close or quote, real close to returning. And then he said, Rocky Yassin is not as close as Jalen Armour Davis, but pretty soon he said. Um, and then he was asked about Arthur uh, Mollett, who was just signed recently and who is going to be in the competition for that slot kind of nickel corner position. And Harbaugh said he's real close. So he didn't want to come out and say it, but he kind of said under his breath that it could be with, he said like within the game is what he said. So I took that as 
Okay, so within the week before, like by the time they play this week against the Commanders, not that I think he would put, you know, Rocky Asin in there with with uh, in a preseason game, but it did sound like maybe within a week. Okay, so that's the good news. So you got some outside guys who are nursing more, you know, tweaked injuries rather than legit injuries. But with Pepe Williams, I feel bad for this guy who just does doesn't seem to be able to catch a break. So on his first, if we remember his first practice back, he left practice in the middle. Uh, used got carted back out. Harbaugh said that he is going to need to go back and have another ankle surgery, um, but he does expect him back by October. Um, he said that the screw that was in his ankle kind of cracked his bone a little bit, so they have to go in there and clean some stuff in, up. So, like we said, some good news, but also some bad news. But more than anything, they needed those outside guys, and it looks like the two outside guys will be back within a week or so. A couple other notes as well that we learned. James Prochet has a contusion in like the hip back area, so that's probably going to hold him out a little bit longer. He, he, he was not seen out there um, on Monday. And so John said that basically he's expected to get back Tuesday or Wednesday, but we know that, you know, after his performance in that preseason game and just how much competition there has been built around him in the wide receiver room this off season, it might be tough. It's probably going to be a, a stretch, a long shot. I, I'll even say for him to make the 53 man roster. And I know you and I were, were both in agreement that after Saturday's performance and and what he does as a special team, or Tylen Wallace may have that sixth spot if indeed the team decides to stick with six wide receivers in that position group. Uh, Tyler Huntley, backup quarterback, he has a hamstring tweak, came up on a run on Saturday night in that third quarter. They want to be very cautious, as you'd expect, because there was a clear difference in ability between him and Josh Johnson. I think we were all kind of in, in agreement uh, during the post-game show on Saturday night. And then how about Tyus? Uh, Harb says that the trainers have not gotten to the point where they think Tyus is in jeopardy of missing week one. He's still on track for that again, September 10th against the Houston Texans. He said it's an agitated knee. That's what Tyus Bowser's dealing with. They're being cautious. And they told him today, the trainers did, that his knee is the best that it's looked. So, you know, it's too bad for Tyus, but... I'm going to take Harbs by his word for right now and hope that week one isn't in jeopardy, at least at the time of, of this taping. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, to me, that was like... Um a really good piece of news. I don't, I feel like it kind of like went under the radar. 
uh, on on social media, but I think that's that's really good news. I don't understand what happened in the first place, so I don't know how much to buy into to all of this. It just seems like it's been this weird thing anyway. But uh, yeah, that's that's really good news that right now he's 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 not in jeopardy. So in terms of practice, though, there really wasn't much from Monday, Bobby. I know that they it was. Look, we're right in between the first preseason game and then the Washington Commanders are, well, by the time their li- listeners are listening to this Tuesday morning, they'll be starting practice early. It starts at 9.30 a.m. Um, so a lot of starters are going to get some reps during this time. So it was more of a glorified walkthrough with in- installs on Monday. Um, one thing we did learn, though, so this was pretty nice, uh, or I don't know, I guess nice for, for uh, Ricard. He was back doing warm-ups with the tight ends slash fullbacks. So not out there with the offensive line anymore. Um, it, again, it's going to be interesting how he's going to be using this offense, but uh, he, he is going to need some of those uh, tight ends. He'd be in like an inline tight end kind of blocker. That's how they would probably use him out there in practice. So that was kind of more the newsy thing that came out of practice because it was a heavy install day. For Pat, much like we saw in the beginning of his career, you may see him being used, you know, all over, whether it's the offensive, somewhere up and down the offensive line, fullback, tight end, whatever Todd Munkin wants him to do. I would expect, you know, Pat to be Mr. Do it all so that he can make this team, you know, because it has changed. His role has changed. The scheme has changed and it's no longer the Greg Roman era. So knowing Pat the way we do, I think he's going to be Mr. Yes. Mr. Yes, man, let's do it. <laughs> However, I can help to contribute to this team, you know, and, and make sure that we win games. That's exactly what number 42 has done since he was uh, undrafted in 2017. Some quick hits, and there are a number of them. We'll begin with Jadavian Clowney, who, of course, the Ravens had for an official visit last week. He left without an offer, and that's exactly – I'm sorry. He left without a deal done. He was There was an offer extended – but nothing came to fruition, and it sounds like the exact same thing has happened in Jacksonville. Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson says that Jadavian had a good visit uh, over the weekend, but left Jacksonville without a contract offer. So something to so so to no, those are two there. different things. So those are two different things, right? So the Ravens offered him a contract, but he didn't take him up on the offer. Went over and visited Jaguars. The Jaguars did not make an offer. Thank you. Okay, so yeah, so so he, yeah, no, you're fine. So the Ravens offered one, Jaguars did not. Thank you, appreciate it. Keep moving here, and it's unfortunate that we we have to transition into this because it feels like it's been too often that we've talked about just untimely, shocking deaths when it comes to the Ravens. I mean, it was just less than two months ago that Ryan Mallett lost his life down in the Florida Panhandle to a rip current, and unfortunately, a guy who also was a member of that 27 team. I'm sorry, 2017 team has now lost his life as well as of Monday morning, and that is former Ravens running back Alex Collins. Here's an official statement released by the team. With heavy hearts, we mourn the passing of Alex Collins. Always quick to greet everyone with a smile. He was a genuinely kind person who carried a special joy and passion wherever he went. May Alex always be remembered for the light and love he brought to so many people in his life and his former head coach John Harbaugh weighing in as well with this Alex was a joy to be around and someone whose light shined brightly I'll always remember him for being a great teammate who had an uplifting spirit that impacted everyone he encountered 
He was also a smart player who ran with unlimited determination, and he contributed to a lot of our success during his time in Baltimore. We send our heartfelt condolences and support to Alex's family. May he now rest in God's eternal peace. Sarah, you were still with the organization um, in 2017. What do you remember about Alex? I remember uh, I remember the first time I saw him run in the preseason and I was like, holy crap, like he runs violently. And I just was like, the Ravens needed help back then. I He was one of those guys I was high on. Uh, beyond that, and I believe he did lead the Ravens in, in rushing in 2017, but what I loved about him is uh, he had that Irish dancing background and um, he would do Irish dancing as touchdown celebrations. And what was nice, I remember there was um, a, a boy and I don't remember where he was from, but there was a young boy, I don't know, like 10, 11, 12 years old who was doing Irish dancing and uh, was getting bullied, being made fun of for, for doing Irish dancing. Ravens bring him in. He meets Alex Collins they kind of like talk and there, there we go uh, and and dance together and was just like, keep going, you know, just just keep going. So Alex was one of those guys that just made you smile. He just made you smile with his dances and just it, like the type of guy. Like he, he was an undrafted guy originally. He's one of those guys that you just love those undrafted stories where they get overlooked and they have perseverance and they just keep going and they make a name for themselves. And that's exactly what what Alex Collins did it's just so shocking I'm just learning <clears throat> that it was a motorcycle crash I mean you just hate this you hate this Bobby that I mean he was still playing he was playing for um the I believe Memphis steam steamboats showboats Memphis showboats over in the USFL uh as early as 2023 he was he got put on IR there but just too soon, man. Too soon. We're just much love, prayers. Hope his family finds strength and peace because it's just way too soon. He would have turned, let's see, 2029 20, on August 26th. Had a birthday coming up. So mm. uh, Lacey DaCosta weighing in. Life is precious. RIP, Alex. Thank you for all the smiles you brought to the Ravens flock. RG3 and Marlon Humphrey sending their condolences as well. And as I saw on a different slide here, this is his, again, for your for the audio only folks, you can always find our, our stuff on YouTube as well. But on the right there is his agent, his former NFL agent, Kelly Masters. There he is on the left-hand side at the bank in his uh, number 34 jersey. So, yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's terrible. It's all those adjectives you can think of during uh, just a, a really sad time for the Collins family. So, we wanted to make sure to give him and his family uh, their due because he was a, a guy that just uplifted the room when he was in it. I didn't know him, but again, you read the things, and, and I obviously trust you too, somebody who was actually in the building. So he certainly be remembered. What else we have before we close? Bizarre story uh, developing about another former Raven an offensive tackle, Michael Orr. Uh, of course, he was the subject of the famous movie, The Blind Side. He petitioned a court on Monday, Sarah, with allegations that Sean and Leanne Tui never actually adopted him, instead tricking him into signing a document, making them his conservators and enriching themselves, which obviously, yeah, the, the movie has made it's it's one of the most famous 
football movies of all time, you could probably argue. So this is weird. I almost don't want to speak on it like yet. I feel like there's more information coming out, but this is really weird, weird timing. I'm kind of perplexed by it. Let me just, let me just say this. So I, again, was, was with the organization when he was drafted. I totally remember crystal clear him. You know how they always drive up the the players in like a nice black SUV kind of thing. I remember him getting out with what we thought was his adoptive family, um, the parents and siblings. And um, it was just a joyous day for all of them. I mean, it definitely was like this, like, you know, awesome story that they were all together, you know, coming there to the Ravens facility to, to celebrate it. At the same time, you ask any reporter, you ask any of us, it was very clear Michael Orr did not like that movie. And he let us know, like whenever he was asked about it in the locker room or whatever, because it was blowing up, he didn't like the movie. And what I recall from those times is he didn't like it because he felt like it will there. I'm sure there were many reasons, but in part because he was portrayed as kind of like being like dumb, you know, and not smart. And that the two, he's kind of had to teach him the game where, whereas he just felt like that, that wasn't the case and that he felt like whether he had been adopted or not, again, adoption may not be the right word anymore. Cause that is what the, the, um, the lawsuit is all about. Um, but, but yeah, but he's still, he didn't like distance himself from the family. He just didn't like the way he was portrayed in, in the movie. So just from reading the story, the, the story says that like, because he was 18 when they were going to quote unquote adopt him, you can't really do that at 18. So they like had him sign this different thing that he thought was similar to being adopted, but it ended up being what the lawsuit is saying is a, a, like you said, a, a conservatorship. Um, and it's just, and then it alleges, which is just bananas, that that he isn't getting any of the royalties from the movie. So if that's true, that's that's just bananas. But the but but the family is. So um, yeah, kind of kind of crazy and bizarre. Like you said, there might be some more behind it um, with all that's going on. But in the story, it says it found he just found out about all this like six months ago. He's also releasing a book, so him making the lawsuit might coincide with the book that he's telling his side of the story, oh, which doesn't which doesn't. Yeah, which which it's co- coinciding. He just found out about it six months ago. Now the book, um, it doesn't change anything that seems to be kind of messed up here, right? He's always not liked liked it. So the book is coming out, and so the lawsuit's coming out at the same time. That's what I'm understanding anyway from 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 reading mm-hmm. about it today. But that doesn't change the fact if what he's alleging is true is pretty messed up. Sure. No, not yeah. at all. That's, I guess that explains the timing though, of the announcement. Right. Right. With coinciding with the book. So anyway, I'm, I'm sure we're going to learn more about this. I'm sure we'll revisit it. I actually went to Loyola with the, t- one of the two sons, SJ. So I would see Michael all the time because SJ played mm. on the Loyola basketball team. And that was very well known too. I echo what you said. It was very clear that he did not align with the movie as a young man, you mm-hmm. know, who he, who he became. But then the bottom line is, does he become, you know, Michael or a Super Bowl winning champion without, without the, the resources provided? Although he never, apparently he didn't get any of the resources, but obviously the family resources came with that. 
anyway, very bizarre. I'm sure we'll, again, we'll, we'll follow it to see how things hold up legally. Uh, before we jump, we got to always show our daily dose or weekly dose of OBJ's warmups just because the guy's such a freak of nature, right? This is courtesy of Odell Galaxy on Instagram, but a bunch of one-handers. Look at how quickly that football comes in. He just but snatches the, it out of thin air. That's what he does on the first one. But the second one, he pretends he's going to catch it with his front hand, puts it down quickly, puts up his backhand, and catches it. Like, yeah. it's... It, the dude's unreal. He's unreal. He really is. I just can't wait to get him in a game. Programming notes, Ravens commanders joint practices kicks off later this morning. Maybe you're are maybe they're already underway, depending on when you're tuning into this morning's vault episode, but 930 on Tuesday after practice around noon or so, the following players will speak with the media at podium, Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, Marlon Humphrey, and John Harbaugh. So expect Probably a heavy dose of content on what Wednesday's morning vault for sure. Yes, I think you and, could and probably, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say this has not been highly touted. I just a fan pointed it out that Garrett Downing announced this at the end of final drive, but the practice itself is going to be live streamed by the team. Uh, so starting at 10 a.m., they'll have a, a live stream um of what's going on there uh, so it should be on the the ravens youtube page their mobile site and their team website so uh yeah again that starts at 10 a.m if you want to watch some of the practice of what's going on fantastic we always want to connect with you you can connect with sarah on twitter at sg ellison you can find me on twitter and instagram at bobby baltimore for more baltimore sports related coverage and and everything that uh, that goes on on those platforms and then, of course, you can hit us up via email at BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. We will have – we I don't think we did one last month just because it was so crazy, but we will get back to our monthly mailbag episodes at the end of this month. So a great way to connect with us, support what we're doing, is through Patreon, as we always tell you, patreon.com forward slash Vault podcast. And if you happen to be a, a Q&A you know, monthly mailbag patron supporter, then be sure to get your questions in for later this month. In the meantime, we wanted to shout out three of our newest patrons. We have three new patrons who are just joining us, supporting everything we do here inside the vault through Patreon. So Greg McCarthy, Chris B, and Michelle Spate. What do you think, Spate or Spite? You're asking mm. me? I I'm say- I'm asking you. Yeah. Ah. I, I don't know, it looks like eight after SP, so I'm going with Spate. We're going, Michelle, you let us know. Sorry we didn't connect with you before that. Michelle Spate, Chris B., Greg McCarthy, thank you all for signing up and believing in what we're building here in Baltimore. And if you guys are interested in doing the same out there, you can check out what we're offering by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast. A bonus episode. We went over 40 minutes, didn't we? We've been doing that. We didn't even have Q with us this time. But there was a lot to get to. Anything from you before we close? Nothing. All right, partner. For my co-host, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trostet signing off from this Tuesday morning vault edition. Joint practices, media availability, lots of content forthcoming, and we will catch you on Wednesday morning inside the vault.